You know, most problems in healthcare are fixed already. Primary care is already cured on the fringes. Reversing burnout, physician shortages, bad business models, forced buyouts, factory medicine, high deductible insurance that squeezes the docs and is totally inaccessible to most of the employees. The big squeeze is always on for docs. It's the acceleration of cost and the deceleration of reimbursements. I want you to meet those on this show that are making a difference with host Ron Barshop, CEO of Beacon Clinics. That's me. Two years ago, Dr. Dave Berg, who is CEO of Arrowhead Health and Redirect Health in Arizona, started me on a quest to learn more about my employees, my patients at Beacon Clinics as well. He told me that 70% of employees make under $15 an hour. And since I've learned the following, my eyes are wide open. And here's what I learned. 60% of Americans have one or more chronic conditions and two thirds of those have multiple conditions. So they're, they're taking at least two medications. 60% are on a med a day. Most of those are on two or more meds a day. And 84 to 94% of patients are not compliant with their medications. And here's why I think they're not compliant. And this is a big factor is that their deductibles have tripled in the last 12 years. Over half the patients lack the liquidity they need to meet their deductibles this year. And so this was the inflection point when finally half of all employee-sponsored plan and, uh, employees, if you will, will not be able to afford their own deductibles. Their plans are out of reach. 70% that make under 15 an hour, the average single mom makes $10 an hour, the average single dad makes $14 an hour. So that's the average. And medical bankruptcy is two-thirds of the reason why people declare bankruptcy in America. Almost 70% of those medical bankrupts had health insurance with their company. I can repeat that if you want, but basically medical bankruptcy is those primarily with health insurance. So do you see a pattern here? Most people are hurting financially because their health care is a tapeworm on their pocketbooks or their soul, and there's more. One in six... People are daily hounded by medical collection agencies in America. Texts, emails, calls. They're allowed by law now to call the adult parents of the people who have uh, collections, and they're allowed to call the children of the parents who have collections. One in three GoFundMe accounts are medical bill related. And half of all millennials' lifetime income will go to direct and indirect costs of health care. So this is really not America the beautiful, but good news is we have an expert on today who's knee deep in the solution to much of this financial pain. I didn't know anything about patient assistance programs until I sat down and understood from people like Mike Bechtel how this works. So there are private companies, there's big pharma plans, there's wealth groups, nonprofits, and hospitals that all have, there's literally hundreds of plans that will give patients assistance. They can get free, low cost or no cost meds, and other surgical procedures. So um, Mike Bechtel, who is the Director of Membership for Redirect Health, and he drives the initiatives to educate employers and individuals nationwide about their simple and affordable way of offering healthcare. And he also, also innovates new processes and programs and benefits to bring more to the table like this type of patient assistant program that Redirect offers. Mike, welcome to the show. Ron, thank you, and I, I am beyond excited to talk about this. I, as you mentioned, I get to deal with this every single day. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the sixty percent of Americans that are 
you know, making less than, you know, $15 an hour. And, and I think it's more than that now, actually. But, you know, we see these struggles happen every single day. And there's so many programs available on a national level. Uh, it's just so hard to find them, especially the demographic we're talking about and, and the work schedules they have. Um, you know, the high deductible pieces, it, it almost feels like a lot of people are in this. There's just no other way. I have no hope. Um, so it, it's just so awesome to you know, be able to provide solutions to people uh, and help them, you know, realize that, hey, they, there is meaningful access to healthcare that's available. It's just a matter of, you know, how we find it. So it seems to me like there's 10 ways to Friday to get to these patient assistance programs. There's not a single website that has everything listed that's comprehensive and simple. But if I were to enter, say, patient assistance programs in Google and then find a, a website or two and put in the drug that I need. So let's say I need a hypertension drug or maybe I need a, uh, a drug for my asthma or maybe I need a drug for my insulin for my diabetes. Is that how I go about finding these plans? Is I'll type in insulin and see who's giving you know these plans uh, and, and what's involved paperwork-wise? Is that how it works, or do I just call if I'm a member of Redirect Health, you guys, and y'all do it all for me? How, how does this actually happen on the ground? Because it seems to be very confusing. Yep, and it is. And, and again, as we talk about that demographic, you know, $15 an hour employee who's, you know, working probably more than 40 hours a week, maybe working two jobs to make ends meet, and now you're going, hey, you need to pay for this inhaler. And I'll, and I'll give you a real example. We just had this happen yesterday. Um, was a security guard in California and she needed some medication and she um, didn't call us first and went to an urgent care. Uh, they prescribed the medication. She went to pick it up and it was $85. Um, now she's making $14 an hour and she couldn't afford it and went about four days without it until she called us yesterday and just said, hey, I don't, I don't know what I can do. So you mentioned the complexity. Think about the health care and the health insurance world, how complex it is. It's so hard, and now we're asking someone to try to navigate it on their own. And so what Redirect Health does is we say, hey, call us 24-7. It's in English and Spanish. We're going to help navigate these waters so you can figure out how to get to, from point A to point B, right? She needed medication. And so we were able to take that $85 drug and, and run it through our system and our process, and we got it down to $30, which was affordable for her and still stressed her, but it was affordable where she could take it and, and now get over this, um, you know, the issue that she had. But for the medications, and again, there's so, there's so many assistance programs on a federal level, on a state level, on a private level, the medications, there's uh, manufacturing discounts, there's discount programs, there's online programs. So if you Google it, what happens is as a consumer, you get overwhelmed and that just becomes an obstacle and you stop. And even if you get to the next step, as like with a manufacturer's discount, um, there's, there tends to be 20 or 30 or even 40 pages of paperwork. And you're asking a, you know, someone who's, who's making you know, an average wage of $15 an hour or less to go through this whole system to not know the end game. So what we do is we do all that for them. And we say, hey, let us hold your hand and walk you through this process. And I've seen with manufacturer's coupons time and time again where we get insulin from $400 down to 20. Um, we've, we've gotten Humira or, you know, different types of HIV medications down to zero dollars and, and manufacturers coupon or the manufacturers programs, they have a high level of qualification as far as your household income. So it's actually really easy income wise to qualify. People just don't know it's an option. 
you think about the normal tendency we have in the health insurance world today. We have a card anywhere we go. We go to a pharmacy, we go to a specialty office, emergency room, primary care. The very first thing we're always asked for is our insurance card. And so we've been trained over and over, even since we were kids. I remember going with my mom and they said, uh, can I get a copy of your insurance card? They're not asking how we're doing or what we're doing or do we have insurance or what our coverage is. Uh, and so the ability to say, hey, let's take this person A and we'll walk them through the system. Whether they have coverage or not, it doesn't even matter, but we'll get them to the right price of the drug, which quite often when you're making less than $15 an hour, the fair price is zero because of the, the programs that are available. It's, it's amazing to me that this is available for drugs, and that's Americans' big complaint is they think pharma is the doctor evil of medical care, and there's really quite a few players that are the doctor evil of medical care, but it seems to me that there are just a bliss, blissful awareness uh, or lack of awareness on, on ways that you can cut your cost using these programs as for surgery as well. It's not just for pharma. There are... There's a birth happening today that has a patient assistance program that's costing the patient zero. Is that correct? That's correct. And we, and we see that all the time. Um, we see it with our own employees. We see it on a, on a national level. I mean, we're, we are based here in Arizona, but on a national level, we are consistently um, helping our employee or our membership um, get to that zero cost for, for a birth. And even if it's not zero, right, the perception, because I've, I've, seen this hundreds of times over the last six years that we've been doing this, the perception that a baby is that it costs a lot of money, right? And you go to a hospital and if you just said, hey, how much does a baby cost? Here in Arizona, it ranges from 22,000 up to 35,000, depending on the type of pregnancy and things. But, but that's the, the hospital charges. But if you start to go through the assistance programs or even to get the fair pricing for that delivery, it goes down to about $4,000 even without insurance. So I could be paying no premiums. I could have no quote unquote coverage. And that baby can cost me as little as $4,000. And we've done that a lot of times for people that make a little more income that don't qualify. But the people that make, you know, the, the demographic of a $15 an hour employee or less, I've, I've seen it almost every single time where they're going to qualify for um, what would be called emergency Medicaid when they have no other um, you know, insurance protection and that baby's there. But the demographic has a hard time going, knowing even that that's available. So that's where we come in, right? With our is there any, Mike, is there any sense of utilization rate? How many, well, forget of your customers or your patients have utilization rate, but is there any idea how much of this money is available that's actually being tapped? Is it less than 1%, less than 10%, less than half? What, what, what kind of money do we think is available and how many of these programs are actually getting utilized um, to their extent of what is available? Yeah, so I, and I would agree with your number there. It's, it's very low. I, I don't know the exact stats on it, but I would, I would best guess say it's less than 5% of the dollars are being used. And here's why. It's, they're available, right? And the story is great that they're available and we're sure appreciative that they're available, but it's really hard to find them. Right, go and you said go on Google and you'll see like, oh my gosh, this is almost impossible to navigate this system. So I, I don't know the dollar amount that's available. I know that we have a high utilization of it because we're able to do it over and over. And eight years ago, 
or excuse me, six years ago, it took us eight months to, you know, navigate the system, but we've learned and what took me eight months ago, you know, what took me eight months, six years ago, now takes me eight hours to figure out the same thing. And so the, the, the utilization is, is near, it's gotta be under 5% just because it's so hard to figure it out. And, and the other piece is, is people just go, well, if I don't have insurance, and this is another huge problem in the, in the US with the healthcare system is they go to the emergency room, right? For services that aren't needed where there would be services available at lower cost if they just knew that these assistance programs were available, right? Things like specialty programs for kids or um, you know, HIV programs or med programs, prenatal programs. And the tendency is we'll go to the emergency room because they have to see me, which then throws hundreds or thousands of dollars on on the healthcare system that's unneeded if there was an awareness around these assistance programs that were available. Do you think that this is like a market opportunity for someone to set up an app? In other words, uh, if you're an enterprising entrepreneur that you could set up an app that would do a lot of what y'all have done, which is to wade through all the garbage to get to the gold. I absolutely do. I mean, think about, you know, the apps that are out there. I just traveled and I used like a, you know, an app that tied all the search engines together um, because anything that makes anything easier is, is going to streamline it. Right. And we're, we're removing the nuts from the bolt and making it exponentially easier. We've said, Hey, just call one number right now. We get it. Not everybody has access to that phone number. So it makes it more difficult for the average consumer. But yes, if there was an app that you could go in and say, Diabetic, diabetic medication, a baby, this surgery, this um, would be, you know, an, an absolute amazing opportunity to streamline some of these things. And I think the awareness around it, right, which is why you said, hey, let's talk about this. But there's, there's just such a lack of awareness that they're even available. We talk to people all the time that said, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I didn't even know this was an option for me. So I'm a... Um belong to redirect health and say, you know, I, I've got a, uh, I don't know, I've got a rotator cuff problem or I've got a, uh, got a knee ortho, I think I'm gonna need a hip orthoscopy or a knee orthoscopy. I don't have any idea what it's gonna cost me, but I can't afford whatever it's gonna be. And, uh, you know, if I was an educated consumer, the first thing I would say was, well, go to surgery centers of Oklahoma. They have a list of pretty much every surgical procedure you could possibly imagine. They don't have things like birth on there, but if you can cut into the body, they have 105 surgeons there and they've got a turnkey bundled price for anesthesia, the surgery, the, any of the testing beforehand, and all the rehab after. It's just a single price. And I could know that a knee is going to cost me $3,740. But still, okay, I know I can't afford that. So my next step would be, well, let's call um, my friends at Redirect Health and see what they can do about that. So what, what, is the, like, what is the first action step that you, Mike Beck, will take or your staff takes to do that arthroscopy study to see if there's even a program out there for that patient. Yeah, and so again, Ron, and, and we, we use uh, Surgery Center of Oklahoma too, and they're great. And another great reference for them is they get, they are very transparent with the fair pricing. So if it's anywhere else, I can reference them to say, hey, I know this surgery bundle is going to cost this much money. So it also gives us a great reference point for you know making sure we get fair pricing elsewhere. But So let's say you needed that knee surgery, now we go into, let's, let's start looking at federal, state, and private assistance programs that may be available for you. 
right? And we have a sheet, we, we, internally we call it our hackathon, right? Because we've created this, this way to navigate this myriad of opportunities. And so we'll go, look, are there federal programs available for Ron and his knee surgery? No. Are there state programs available, right? Maybe, maybe not. What are the private programs that are available? In the end, we can still go in and we can create a letter of agreement with the facility and we can create a payment plan, right? Which meets your needs. And that in itself is a patient assistance program, right? And so worst case is, hey, we know it's 3,500, but Ron can afford $100 a month. We'll go in and, and help Ron create a, a payment plan for that amount, right? And knowing that the price is fair. Um, but, but again, there, it, it's hard to pinpoint one specific program because on a federal level, and they're changing all the time, right? They're making it harder and harder to find because they want to change the parameters of it. So we start at, are there, are there federal programs? Are there state programs? Are there private programs? And then we have a specialty team that that's what they do. They're experts. They do it every day and they will find it and then they communicate with you, you know, what you need. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine if I'm a listening to you say this and I'm a patient with United or Aetna or even with Medicaid, I'm, 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 I've got an insurance plan. I can't imagine I could call an 800 number at United and get what you just described, that they're going to tell me where to go, how much it's going to cost and how much I'm going to be paying and for how long, you know, 50, 100, 200 a month. That, that's just, that's not what insurance companies, that's not how they're set up. That's not their model, is it? It would be very hard for them to do that. You're right, because it's not their model. So it, in, a, in an already complex world, it adds more complexity. Because my thought would be if I call United, they're going to say it's X dollars. Your deductible is X. Your coinsurance is Y, U, O, Z. And, and that's the end of the conversation with them. Um, so that, well, unfortunately, their deductible is probably the same as the, the knee surgery. I mean, the, the average deductible is $1,350 individually and as much as 5000 per family. So it's, the knee surgery is basically on the patient. It's been, it's been assigned to them for uh, our current risk strategy, strategy today. Yeah. And, and what's worse is the premiums, people don't take into account, gosh, I paid $10,000 in premiums so that I could pay this $5,000 deductible. So my knee surgery didn't cost me 5,000, it cost me, you know, what, what was my real out of pocket for the year, including? Yeah. How about lost work? Well, so, so Mike, y'all then go to bat for Rich and poor, you don't, you're not income strata, you're not looking at sex, age, none of that. You're looking at, does this person have a need and can I fill it? That's really your, that's what drives your team. Absolutely, yeah, and so, and, and that's the neat thing too, is people think, well, this, this, these programs must only be, a, be available if I'm um, making an average or a lower income. And I like the way you said $15 is average. We, we think of that as low wage, it's not, it's an average wage. Um, but, but a lot of people think, well, gosh, if I'm making more than that, these must not be available for me. But we see all the time, and, and you nailed it, is we say, hey, someone has a need, let's take care of their need. The next step is we go, let's make sure all the pricing is fair for that need. And the third step is now, how are we going to help them pay for this need? Is it a patient assistance program, so it's zero? Is it a member responsibility, but we set up payment plans or they can afford it? Or it, maybe they have insurance, right? If they do have a Medicaid, maybe that's the best way to, to pay for this for them. So, but it's always about the need first. What do they need done? Let's organize that in an efficient way. What's the price? And then, and then the pay for it's last. It's flipped from the current model, right? If I walk in and I show my insurance card, that's a, how do I pay for it first? Which really honestly drives all the costs up 
and it, it creates just a mess with with the complexity and the cost in the system. Well, healthcare for years has been number one in the Gallup poll of Americans' biggest worry. You know, other things may pop up for short periods of time, but healthcare is sort of the dominant player that people worry about. And I don't think they're worried about healthcare. I think they're worried about can they take care of their families if the, something happens that's scary, right? If there's some, and it doesn't have to be cancer or car accident or something catastrophic. It's just, it could be as simple as a pink eye. It could be simple as an ear, a chronic ear infection for a kid can drive a family really to the financial grave. I mean, they just are on the edge. So um, I, I think what you're trying to do here is trying to get that worry off their back. You're trying to say, look, this, these programs are not for the wealthy. You don't have to be a rich person to have a VIP doctor that's going to go to bat for you. That's exactly what we do for everybody. We're universally taking care of everybody. Yep. And, and again, you nailed the, you nailed the piece of the, the ease of mind of knowing that, and I feel it, right? I feel like, Hey, I know without a doubt that if anything happened to my family, that I would be able to take care of them. You mentioned pink eye, for example. So I have five kids and my wife. So my youngest daughter is nine now. Um, and her name's Ava. So she had pink eye a few months ago. She woke up and the normal system in pink eye. Now I've got five kids. I know what I need for that pink eye. I already know where my wife does. She's a nurse. And, but, but in the normal system, I got to go to an appointment and, and, and it's not me. It's my wife's got to go to the appointment and load up the other three young kids. And it's just a hassle. Right. And so I go, hold on, hon. And I called our 24 seven line. I talked to somebody on the phone for a few minutes. I snapped a picture. A doctor called me back and said, yep, here's the medication. I walked over to the pharmacy by our house and it took less than 20 minutes. Right. So there's ease of mind of going, I know I can take care of my family if anything happens. I'm not even concerned about it. That as opposed to going to a clinic waiting for 45 minutes as a sick visit, unscheduled, maybe an hour, maybe two, maybe three hours if it's Medicaid, and then getting a seven minute visit to get a script. You're now doing converting those three and a half, four hours, plus all the hassle and transporting into a 20 minute, but well, two minute phone call and a 20 minute visit to Walgreens. Right. And, and here's the thing too, is I wouldn't have had to do any of that. My wife would have. So think about now, I actually participate in the healthcare in my family now, and I look like a hero to her, right? That's a, that's a really an unspoken um, thing that I would never say, Hey, I want to look like a hero to my wife because I can handle my kids' healthcare. But I'm able to do that now because I have one resource. It's a, a number that I can call and just a team of people that are going to help. And they create that feeling of, gosh, if anything were to happen, I know I can take care of it. Whether it's pink eye and medication, but it could be a broken leg. It could be a broken collarbone. It could be a baby, right? It could be cancer. So it's interesting. As long as we're talking about telehealth and morphing into that, Mike, the utilization rate has been abysmal for decades for telehealth. It's 1% today, and it's been there for a long, long time, and the CPT codes are making it more exciting for doctors. So now they're at 15%, but they're still their patients are reticent to call a doctor and get the help. I have a 1-800-REDIRECT health number on every laptop in my company. So we all know, and I constantly reinforce, you get that handled if you're coming to work sick, if your kid's not feeling right, if something's not right in your house, you dial that number and you get it handled. And my absenteeism, my presenteeism is going down. Presenteeism means you're going to work sick. Um, my turnover has gone way down. I've got much better pool of people to interview. But telehealth, the, the main complaint I've heard about telehealth from doctors is that you're getting a Z-Pack. You're getting an antibiotic. You're getting a, uh, 
uh, you know, for, for a virus instead of a bacteria. You're getting uh, what's going to cure a virus uh, for uh, when, when you really have a bacteria. So they, you just got a, a flu or cold condition, and they're prescribing a mega dose of everything over the phone just to take care of whatever it yeah. is because they're not there to pers personally see the patient. Is, is that complaint real? So here's why, here's why the answer is yes, but I would say no with us. A lot of telehealth is very transactional, right? There is no relationship between the provider and the patient. And so it is a transactional relationship where there's either metrics to hit or they want a satisfaction rate. And I know I've been a patient where I go in and I go, gosh, I, I need something. And then I'm told it's uh, viral and, and I don't need anything. And there's this level of disappointment that it's not going to get better. So in a, in a transformational relationship, right, where we have a relationship with our patient and we have a process where we follow up, we don't have to um, over-prescribe. We can under-prescribe because we know that patient can call us back in an hour. We know we're going to have a text that goes out to that patient in two hours and the next morning to follow up. And if they haven't got better, now we can at the appropriate and the correct time um, prescribe that over the phone or, or Think about our system, a huge obstacle to these $15 an hour employees are co-pays for primary care doctors, right? And you know, because your team has it, that we've eliminated that. There are no co-pays. So we've removed the obstacle to go, hey, we're gonna try this first. We're appropriate. We can diagnose and prescribe over the phone, but if necessary, we can send you in now. And these, these employees at the demographic of a 15, even up to $18 an hour or less, have no co-pay. So it's much easier to see a provider when necessary. But we see about 70% of the time over the phone, we, we eliminate an in-person visit. And, and you mentioned the utilization. Think about our utilization versus a 1% or even a 2%. We're, we're completely opposite. We're 98, 99%. And that 1% or 2% that don't use us is because they weren't educated. And then we educate them when we find out. And, and it's just unheard of in a telemedicine type um, world that you have a 98% utilization. Right, it's near oh, it's so easy. My God, I, I give the patient history over the phone. When I walk into my doctor's office, which is basically any doctor I want to go see, but I walk into my doctor's office, you guys have scheduled a same-day visit, whether it's sick visit or well visit. You guys have given, given him the patient history. My doc doesn't ask me to fill out a single form. I don't have to show a single card or a credit card or anything. I just kind of walk back like I'm a you know special customer, and I'm treated with a pretty quick visit by the doctor, you know, maybe not faster, but not certainly not slower than any other patient. And I didn't have to touch a pen. I didn't have to touch a piece of plastic credit card. I just walk back there and he starts going right into it. So it's whatever my situation is that I'm presenting with, I've already done it over the phone and it just makes it so much more efficient for that doctor. And then the way I understand y'all pay my doctor is he's getting a temporary credit card number that's good for, just this one use and he's getting his whatever his fee is at a cash basis same day so he doesn't have to bill me out which means that he has a high incentive to work with you guys because you're cash pay that's basically what it looks like to him right yeah correct yeah and so we've streamlined that payment process we get it i mean we have clinics here and so we understand the the way the reimbursement process works in a traditional insurance world and we said hey in our effort to make healthcare easy and truly affordable for everyone guess who that includes it includes primary care doctors who struggle with that system. And we said, yeah, we'll set up a one-time digital credit card for uh, Ron for today for this amount. And the docs love it because they go, gosh, I don't have to waste any time on billing. I don't have the risk of recoup. It's just so much easier 
uh, in, in a system like this. Well, so in, in my case, I can't speak for all redirect clients, but in my case, I have no broker involved. Um, I don't think I pay any different price with or without a broker, but I certainly have no broker involved. I have no PBM involved that I can see or, or get the sense of because I'm getting the lowest price pharma every time with y'all helping me find the right location to get it at. I have no um, insurance company. So really what I call kind of the middles of the healthcare economy that are sort of sucking the life out of it, they're all absent from this doctor-patient relationship I have. I have redirected it's uh, accelerating a doctor-patient and flattening a doctor-patient relationship. You guys have taken all the extra players out of the equation. Yeah, so think about you, what you just mentioned were the middlemen. And, and when, when Dr. David Berg built this, right, he built it for ourselves. So he said, I got to strip out all this waste to make it affordable for me. And when we got to the stripping out the waste, the price was $105. And so that's what it was. And so then when we said, hey, let's help other businesses use this solution to help find good people, to provide meaningful access to care, the cost was that. It was $105. Now, we've streamlined it with systems and processes to make it so you know, it can work, but that's the root of, by getting rid of middlemen, and we work with brokers for sure, and, and it, but by getting rid of the waste that's in the system, we've stripped it down to, this is the cost to get meaningful access to care, right? And it's that 105. Now, if I'm married to Dr. Dave Berg's wife, Janice, I have for each of my family members, a health plan if something goes wrong. If my kid's asthmatic, they've got albuterol in their backpack in the Day baby in a babysitter's backpack in the kitchen in their bedroom in the, every classroom at the nurse's office. At, there's never going to be an asthma emergency because this kid is surrounded by medications you guys have helped source at the lowest price point. Maybe it came from Canada and it's like a much cheaper purchase than I would have to purchase on my own. And it's going to be the same for diabetes. There's never going to be an insulin emergency because you guys have a health plan. What I call your chronic patient, your patient who has any tipping point where they could get, have to go to emergency room because they're short on medication probably is most of the case. Is that, am I describing it the right way? Yeah. And so, and that ties back to the patient assistance program. So I'll give you an example with the asthma. So if someone who has asthma, right. And it's, you know, my child's four years old and they have asthma. And what do I do? I try to buy one inhaler because that, that demographic of $15 an hour or less is that's all I can afford. Right. And so what we do is we say, Hey, we're going to put you in our, in a special program that we surround you with a care plan. We surround you with appropriate follow-up, but we're also going to, instead of get you that one inhaler, we're gonna get you five for the same price because of the assistance programs available. Now that you have the five, we're gonna couple that with a lot of education around how to use it. It's no good if grandma has one but doesn't know how to use it. So we'll call grandma and we'll say, here's what you do. You're gonna put this sticker on the inhaler. You're gonna call us, here's how you use it. And then like you said, there's one in the purse, there's one in the car, there's one at school, there's one in the backpack. Think about the risk that we eliminate by spending the same amount of money in a more strategic way. And we go, hey, now the risk of going into the hospital just decreased really exponentially. It almost goes away completely. And now that same concept happens with diabetes and COPD and hypertension and narcotic abuse and mental illnesses. And so there's all these programs built around, let's find out what they have, let's surround them with the care they need, let's use assistance programs where appropriate so they can maximize the, the, the use of them. And, and then we'll just monitor it on a monthly, weekly, whatever the most appropriate touch point is. You know, it almost seems, this is gonna sound incredibly uh, 
negative, Nancy, but I almost think of these patient assistance programs as a free PR Benny for the big pharma because they now can say if they're ABV, hey, Humira, number one selling drug, you can get it free or at no cost, very little cost if you just know about this PAP, this patient assistance program. We have a plan for you and we'll even put it on our ads on TV. Maybe it'll be quick and maybe it'll be very unreadable on the television, but there's ways that we can help you out. And so they get this free PR benefit and maybe there's a half or 1% utilization because whatever money they've set aside to give these drugs away or to offer them for low cost isn't getting used. So I don't see, I'm trying to figure out who wins with patients assistance programs other than the patient. The insurance company doesn't have an incentive, it seems to me, because they're going to pay a price no matter what. The doctor isn't going to know about this or, or take the time. They don't have time. They don't have enough time to see the patient. The um, other middlemen, the brokers, they're they're out of the equation. There's no other natural ally of the patient. The employers, I can't imagine that Dell Computers or IBM has a person assigned to patient assistant programs for their employees or Walmart. I just can't see that happening. So it's really up to them to find somebody like Redirect Elf or go through this massive morass of Google. Uh, you know, to find what the answer is going to be for them. There's, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to figure out where the incentives are aligned. I don't see it. Do you? No. Yeah. And I agree. I don't think that the incentives don't align except for the consumer, right? The purchaser and the user. Now they align with the employer. And so there's an incentive for the employer to put something like a redirect health in place so that their employees have access to this for sure. Um, but the biggest benefits with the employee and Again, the obstacle is, you just mentioned it, the whole maze of Google trying to find this, it's just too hard. It's too much time, right? People today, they don't have the time and the patience to go through this. And if they have the resource to say, hey, here's the steps that you're going to take. I've filled out 38 pages of paperwork. You need to fill these two out, specifically these lines. Think about how much easier that is for somebody making $14 an hour working two jobs, 60 hours a week. Now they'll do it. Yeah. Right. And so, but, yeah, well you, well, you say the employers are aligned, but if the employers were aligned, they would have, instead of 16 benefit consultants on the, on the staff in HR, they would have somebody assigned to this problem because this would be sort of God's work. They'd be giving their employees enormous peace of mind by doing this job that uh, Redirect is doing. I'm, I don't, I'm not aware of employers that even think this way. And you're right. They don't. And it's just, it's the lack of awareness or just, I think it's the lack of understanding that is this available? Because I just buy insurance. That's what, that's what covers this for me. Instead of saying, well, gosh, even if I bought Mike insurance and Mike makes $14 an hour, it doesn't matter. He can't use his insurance. He doesn't make enough money to, to use it even, right? And you mentioned the, the bankruptcy is if I go use my insurance, now I'm going to be in that bucket of I might go bankrupt because I used my insurance that maybe my employer gave me. So the education to the employer is, hey, there's these options out there that actually are more beneficial to your employee base. And then to the employee level, the actual patient level is, hey, just know there's help available, right? And either you got to do it on your own or you got to put something like a redirect health in place so that we can help navigate the system. And we do it every day, right? We're experts at it where it's not difficult for us to do. It is difficult if you've never done it. Yeah. Well, so has anybody done a head count on how many of these plans are out there for the consumer? Are there hundreds? Are there thousands? Is there more? There's thousands. And, 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 there's, and again, I'll say it on the federal, state, and private level, there's thousands of assistance programs. 
They vary by county. They vary by state. I mean, th there's one here in Maricopa County where we're at. It's, it's for specialists for children under the age of 18 where there's a $5 copay, right? And that's in Maricopa County. But every county in the U.S. is going to have some variance of that. And so th there's literally thousands, and the ability to kind of think about that just becomes overwhelming, right? Well, what, how would I find one? What do I need to do? I could Google patient assistance programs. But, I mean, if you do it, it's the, the people that bid on that word are going to come up first. And so it's just it's, it's very difficult. And we're saying, hey, there's one step. Call this phone number, and, and we'll help you. And it's for their, I mean, this is movie fantasy land, but to have a New York Times editorial talking about this. Absolutely. I, I think the more awareness we can get around um, that these are available, the, the more benefit. And, and you think, again, the demographic, demographic of people. It is for anyone that makes any level of income, but, but we know it's more difficult for an average to low-wage income earner to afford the medications, to afford the surgeries and the babies. And you can go have a baby and it can put you in bankruptcy. Like, think about that feeling of having a baby and you don't get to enjoy it because you know it just put you in bankruptcy. And so if, yeah. the more awareness that we can push out that these things are available, there's, again, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of programs available for patients out there, um, the better. And I loved your idea of the app, quite honestly, is to say, hey, we can go on an app and search this, and here's all the options available for assistance program. Yeah. Um, well, so Mike, number one, how do people find you is my first question. So uh, it's at redirecthealth.com is where they can go, and that's where they find us. Okay. And I, uh, people that have listened to me before know I'm a raving fan. I think I might have been, if not your first uh, customer in Texas, certainly one of your early pioneers, and I have no arrows in my back. You were the first one, yeah. Um, so the second question is, yeah. And so my second question, Mike, is uh, if you could fly a banner, the world's largest banner over America, what would that banner, what would that message be to Americans? So if it could be the biggest banner, then I'd make it a lot of words, but I'd say, um, you know, that easy and truly affordable healthcare is, is available. Um, we know that with even Obamacare, the word affordable just kind of became a misnomer, right? It's not a real word anymore because it didn't make it, it didn't make healthcare more affordable. Um, but I, I think for, as, as I've done this, and I've done this from day one with, with Redirect Health, is the, the aha moments that people have. You had it with your company. Lots of business owners go, gosh, there's just a better way to provide a healthcare solution from a business owner standpoint to provide this solution to my employees for them as individuals and families. Right? There's, a, there's a more strategic way to do it, and it does not have to start with insurance. It can end with insurance for sure, but it doesn't have to start there. It starts with putting a routine medical plan in place, which we call everyday care, which you know, and then saying, we need to add stuff. So the message is, hey, easy and truly affordable healthcare for business owners is real. Yeah, it's incredible stuff. And when I explain it to my friends, the first thing I want to know is how do I reach Mike Bechtel? And the second question they have is, is this real, Ron? I mean, really? Yeah, you know, it sounds a little too good to be true, and it's it, it's real. It's it was time tested on all of the employees at uh, Arrowhead. It was then proven out with some friends and family, and then it was proven out with people like me who have used it and been extremely well served by it. So I 
got to tell you, I visited y'all's headquarters. I'm incredibly impressed with the data that y'all follow up on, the, the time and attention you pay to your patients and your customers and how uh, really focused you are on changing healthcare in America. It's really, uh, I, the, 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 what I maintain is that healthcare is going to be changed from the fringes uh, outside in. And if not everybody, redirect's not going to work for everybody, but if redirect was widespread, um, insurance would be rethought in America. It's just, it's not insurance, it's health care. You guys have rethought it and delivered something that's really quite a package. Yeah, I agree. Thanks so much, Ron. This has been awesome. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Mike. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, Go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.